1: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
3: details.
0: Here at William Hill, you'll find pre-game and in-play cricket odds on loads of competitions. From test matches to one-day internationals, T20s and domestic cricket, we've got everything covered. Visit williamhill.com 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Season 4 of Middle P's
3: Umpire is sponsored by Step 1. Hello and welcome to Middle Please Umpire. Uh, I am Miles Jupp and I am joined as ever by uh, 95 mile an hour plus uh, pace merchant um, Mark Wood. Hello, Mark.
2: Hello, Miles, or should I call you Babushka?
3: Babushka, that, <laughs> that is not, not actually a Kate Bush reference. I was just explaining to Mark that my hair, which has become increasingly sort of grey and wiry, like a sort of mad professor, I um, yeah there's a dog called Bushka who um, another parent owns at the school I take my children to the primary school and when I turned up with my hair looking like this everyone said oh my god you look like Bushka and I spent some time posing for photographs with this dog Bushka with its grey curly hair. And then <laughs> one of the photos I said to Rachel, my wife, I said, oh, my head. <laughs> look at that one, actually. My head looks really good in that. And then we zoomed in, and the reason it looked good was because Bushka the dog's paw was right in the middle <laughs> of my... <laughs> right, where you should have that nice tuft at the front. Uh, so, uh, you've yes, got it.
2: I think if I think of what you maybe look like, you look like either Professor as a pad pendant off when he's got the wacky, off the wacky races, he's got the, the hair that comes to the, out to the side... Oh, you look yeah. like someone. You know, like if you if you take the the casing off a pillow and you punch <laughs> the middle of the pillow, and the feathers spotted
3: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted. I'm not a vain person, but I've ne- I mean, I've always. I've never really aspired to look like a piece of like beaten up furniture. But at the same time, I've never felt like one. Um, you look very cheerful, actually. Fresh faced.
2: Yes, I've had a couple of days away, um, two or three days um, in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, spotted some cricket lovers out there. We went to a place called Villamora, which was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Got stopped a couple of times by some nice people. Chatted about the cricket a little bit, um, but in general, um, just nice to get a couple of days away. I mean, I got I've trained really hard for. I think I had five five days after the operation. Obviously, I had a bit of downtime, but every week I've been, you know, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then last week, um, I'm off my full run-up and things are looking great. But then um, at the start of the week. My elbow is a little bit sore, and I just uh, the physio said, "Look, we've pushed it hard for a long time. Let's just back off a little, back it off it a little bit for about a week." Um, and tomorrow, I'm heading to dum 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 da dum the Death Star, which is Loughborough. So, oh gosh, um, what are they
3: going to do? They're not going to remodel your action, are
2: they? <laughs> no, no.
3: Years and years of success stories of people's actions being remodeled <laughs> at Loughborough. <laughs> how awfully one of those suddenly ended in a uh, disaster.
2: Well, last time I was at Loughborough, they had the Vicon on me, which uh, they put the dots on you. So it's oh, yeah. your, ske- your skeleton, um, and they get to show you, like, how your body's moving and all this kind of stuff. You know, it shows how your body moves and, and how your action looks. And it's it's good, actually, but this time just going now, the, the England physio, he lives in Worcester, uh, Ben Langley, so he's meeting me sort of halfway, so... And I'll have a couple of days boring with him and then we'll know more about the elbow then. But I pushed it hard and it pulled up a little bit. So after, um, after like a couple of weeks of full run, um, a real positive session on Friday, I thought I was going to play for Durham in the 2020. And mentally, you know, I think that's the thing I found hardest is you, I keep thinking, right, I'm just about to play or I'm just about to come back. I mean, I'd play for everyone, I'd love to play for Ashett and anybody just to get a game and, and play some cricket. So, one with force, yes, absolutely absolutely i mean i'd love to play with you oh my god i would love to play with
3: you i haven't played for ages so i've got i've got the fear but i think with your your situation it's about just to take you know as a, as a sort of kindly line manager will say you know t- take as long as you want mate and there's no there is <laughs> there, there is no point rushing back into it is it well
2: I've, uh, there's plenty there's plenty of cricket left i mean i want to get back as soon as i can but there's plenty of cricket left i just want to play for anybody at the minute it's not necessarily england or anything i just want to just i just want to try and play a game to get to get the sort of competitive edge back a bit. It's, it's been a bit lonely bowling with no net by myself. Now I'm bowling with some, some battles and that, which is good. But I think that's the hard thing about rehab. Like what people don't see is like in the gym and in them hours where you're by yourself. It just gets a bit like, oh, you, I mean, it's great and I didn't get as wrong being a cricketer, but them, them days are, are tough because you're just like, you think, am I actually progressing? You don't actually think that you are. It's more like you feel like it's just. A tick, ticky box to get to the next stage. Well, that is that's the unseen bit, isn't it? Well, you've got to find fun in it. You've got to find fun in like, right today. Um, I'm gonna, you know, mix up and try and ball skills. How many times can hit the top of off? How many yorkers can I bowl try This today I'll try my wobble seam and um, right today I'll see how quick I can get the speed gun. But all in the back of your mind, I think for me it's always been when I feel like I can bowl with a uh, where my mind isn't on an injury. I feel like I can do really well because then I'm focused on the other end. At the minute I'm not quite there where I'm focusing on the batting at the other end. I'm still thinking how's my arm? Um am I, is it going to hurt? Am I bowling fast? Stuff like that. Do you know what I mean?
3: And that's that's not the same as as nerves, is it? That that's the kind of, you know, that's the sort of ugliness that is doubt I guess rising to the surface. And that's kind of that's the thing you need to be on the other side of and that that's the bit I reckon it, it, that it's definitely worth taking the time over so that's you know so that you can fully dispense with that because what mm. what are the feel what are the like the memories or if you're doing like uh visualizations what are those moments on a field that you have in your head well,
2: i try and think of the intrinsic feeling of when i have pulled well so it's like feeling free loose um and loosen a aspect not where you know my mind scrambled and i'm loose like oh it's more like loose as in like i could just let my arm um like the ball seems to just fly out my my fingers. My arm feels like a, like almost like a catapult or a delayed slingshot, and then boom, um, it comes flying through. And that that freedom and like you just you know you're never tired. Things aren't heavy. Everything goes towards the target. It's, and obviously, it's very hard when I've got my arm taped up and um, you know it's still a bit swollen. Or but you've got to go through those checkpoints to then get to that stage. So it's it's a constant battle in your mind you're fighting it all the time of right keep pushing through to get to the point you need to get to but at the same time thinking i want to feel free i want to feel you know like i'm it's flying on my fingers like a, it's actually a weird one because obviously usually i've got my ankle that's been the problem and there'll be days where it's like you know it might hurt running or i'm or i'm worried about landing it's a totally different feeling with the elbow because when you when you run in you feel like you feel i feel so fit i'm running in I no problems. And the elbow, because when you land with your foot, there's a crunch. The elbow that isn't really that, it's sort of like a a ballistic movement, a bit like golf, where once you start swinging, there's no no way you can really tell how it's going to go. And that's the same when I start bowling. Until I let go of the ball, I can't feel a pinch or anything. So that bit's absolutely fine. It's only then when I release the ball, I might go, oh, that was a bit of a pinch there, or that was a bit sore. And then when I walk back, my mark sometimes it aches, sometimes it, there's nothing. So it's that trying to get over where I'm looking for something rather than just um, running in, running in and bowling. Because like I said, it doesn't feel like a real injury because it feels like I, I should. It should be just normal because my 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 legs and everything's fine.
3: I it's it's the side of the the of of I suppose sport people don't see. You get that kind of glamorized sort of you know Instagram content version of oh, you know. Uh, the men's team or the women's team in the gym or whatever and it all all looks like a laugh but what people don't see I guess is is those kind of those those lonely hours which is just about building it up building it up building it up getting getting it ready and I guess those are the things you know when you you see someone on the pitch doing something absolutely astonishing it's not just the thing that they've pulled off that they're celebrating is it it's it's what's gone in it's Mm. got it's
2: what's gone into that yeah but I think what like if I if I think of how it's been since my operation, I've, I've worked hard. You know, I've, I've done everything the ECB have set us out to do. I've worked well with the Durham physios and the Durham staff. They've they've all you know everybody's looked after us really well. I think that's the frustrating thing is when when you're doing everything you can and it's not quite happening as quick as you want or giving you the break that you're after straight away. It can be very frustrating. You know, I've been working so hard. Turn up you know, and This is the other worrying thing for me. I'm getting an hour and a half physio just to bowl four or five overs in the net. It, that shouldn't normally happen. It should be 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes. I mean, I, I know a lot of it's strapping and stuff, but it seems to me like it's a long time. Then I'm you know, I'm having a swim, doing my arm stuff, um, getting it ready. Then I'll go and see the physio, have all that stuff, then I'll go um, get strapped, then I'll do you know a warm-up, then I'll bowl, then I've got strength or run or sprint after so it's full on for like a few hours and stuff and, and and to do that you know like every other day it's it's i have worked hard trying to get myself right and that that's the, that's a bit that's annoying
3: well also that that thing as well you know i i, I know that you've turned down uh jollies, basically you know things that would have been gone fun to do or been you know economically worthwhile just to just to focus on on your rehab and i think that that sort of focus that you have is amazing and i the ultimate motivation, I suppose, is going out and playing for your country and your uh, and your, and your club.
2: It's not a sub story, though, Miles. It's not like, a, oh, look, I know I'm inc- incredibly fortunate to be in the position in the amount of games I've played and stuff like that. So it's not, this isn't a sub story, oh, poor me. It's just, you know, at the minute I'm finding it a bit frustrating that I'm not back out there playing, especially when you see the lads on the TV and um, I see Durham in the 2020s and stuff like that. I want to be out there playing. I think that's that can be as frustrating as anything else is that when you feel like you're doing everything you can, but it's not quite clicking. Um, but again, you know, I, I understand the, the fortunate position I'm in and, you know, I, I could be out there, you know, like the grander and people are trying to go and do the mines and stuff like that. So I understand that I'm in a, a great position, but I just, you know, I want, to, I want to be back out there playing. I guess the competitive side of it wants to be charged in. I, I, I've done, had two or three years where, from an injury point of view, things have been pretty good and I've bowled high speeds, backed it up, backed it up. So this is just one of them things that just really irritates me.
3: Well, I know that, um, you know, when you, when you're in the gym or you're in the nets on your own, you know, you're that, 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 that is just you where, where you're not alone is in terms of wanting to be out there again, because people not, ju- not just mates like, my, mates like me, but people, you know, you, you're not alone in that regard. People, People would love to see you bowling again, and I, I think there's not, there, there needn't be an impatience about it. Where, mm. Whenever you're able to do that, it, it will just be glorious. And and when it, whenever it is, it'll be, it'll be worth the wait. I don't want to sound like a life coach because I got, I don't, I don't really know what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do I, on one level, I have no idea how hard you work, but on another level, I, I just know that you work so, so hard to get yourself in the shape that you need to be in to play. And I, you know. Uh, genuinely mean. to do, do please take take as long as, take as long as you need. Thank you, mate.
2: On a on a, on a lighter note, Miles. What what, pan, what pants are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I've moved from <laughs> blackberries to uh, cherries at the minute. That's that's the the fruit of of choice at the minute. I've, I've been now. Is this a and te- is this to do with taste or is this to do with the season? I'm not quite sure. I mean, I've been buying them from the shop. You know what I like as well. The old. It makes me feel like a cowboy back in the day. You know, when and they used to spit tobacco. Yeah, into a I do that into a the, the container for me pips for me cherries, and I think I, I end up just saying like John Wayne quotes, like "That'll be the day," and poof, spitting my, my my pip into. The...
3: I have to. Oh, uh, talking of um, professional cricketers, I, I've met a number of professional cricketers this week, Woody. Um,
2: I oh God, I... this isn't. This you're not going to tell me about the WhatsApp picture, are you? <sighs> the the glint in your eye in that picture.
3: I uh, what Woody is referring to is I I, on our our middle police umpire WhatsApp group I put a picture of me with the do you know what I mean by Mike Lefton. The uh, England cricketer Michael Atherton. I was uh, a very, uh, very privileged to be asked on Friday. I was hosting um, this uh, gala dinner for the Bob Willis Trust, which is raising money for um, research and treatment of uh, uh, prostate cancers. Part of it was to interview um, a panel of people that included NASA, say Mark Butcher, Ravi Shastri, and would you believe it, Mike Atherton. So we we did. Um, I don't know, twenty twenty minutes on stage together. So it was very nice to see him and he was on fine form. As indeed was Na- Nasser Hussain, Hussein, who has he's got this kind of um pantomime villain aspect to him. I don't know what which he kind of trades on. Oh no he doesn't. He talks... <laughs> <Very. laughs> um He uh but he like he literally talks about he sits there talking about really being really unpopular in front of people. Clearly really enjoy his company. Uh, it's <laughs> extraordinary, but he was but he does he is one of those people that gets a sort of Gets a bit of grief at those sort of events. Have
2: you heard of on Comedy when he goes, "Oh, come on, Nas," and stuff like that? Like he badges himself when he's yeah. like, he says something stupid. That's that's good crack, good fun.
3: Now, shall we? We've talked um, relatively seriously about your state of mind. Uh, we've talked quite jovially about the state of my fucking hair. We've got uh, a mailbag to have a little look at before we uh, uh, play our interview with this week's special guest. Okay, The Middle Please Umpires Series 4, Episode 7, Mailbag. Let's have a look. Uh and right, so we've got cricketers in unexpected places. I always hope these will stay jolly. If these ever go dark, I'll be really I'll be sort of really upset. You'll never guess who I saw being bundled in the back of a police car, etc. Uh right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh so this is Matthew Ellison. Uh, a few weeks ago, a day or so after the recent New Zealand Test match at Lords, I was shopping in Sainsbury's Sedgefield. Other supermarkets are available, just not in Sedgefield. Sedgefield, of course, uh, that was uh, Tony Blair's constituency. When I was leaving... The, that's my note, not not Matthew's. He's, he, for whatever reason, he's chosen to stay off the subject. Perhaps he thinks it's controversial. Uh, when I was leaving the cheese aisle, a whole cheese aisle, sometimes it's a dairy aisle. Have you been to the Sainsbury's Sedgefield, Mark? That sounds extraordinary.
2: Am um, I to answer?
3: I'd like Matthew to follow up this. I think a cheese aisle is... That's um, but that It's got to be the cheese section of the dairy aisle. The whole cheese aisle is too...
2: Maybe Wallace and Gromit own it.
3: I would... I would... I, I mean, I, I would be tempted to move there if, if there's a whole aisle that's cheese-based. Anyway, not to interrupt, let me... I was shopping in Sainsbury Sedgefield. Other supermarkets are available, just not at Sedgefield. When I was leaving the cheese aisle to head down through the fruit and veg towards the self-service checkout. It was at that moment I was passed by none other... I love the fact that people always put none other than in these letters. It delights me. I was passed by none other than Durham and England opener Alex Lees. Alex
2: Lees. Of course, he he lives around there,
3: yeah. Alex Lees, near the cheese. Uh, I didn't think to stop and observe what cheese he had selected. I've been kicking myself ever since. Uh, Well, Mark, if anyone can give us the inside track on this, it's you. What sort of cheese would Alex Lees uh, be most likely to buy?
2: Well, coming from Yorkshire... I would have thought it would be something from Dale's. I couldn't imagine it being Red Leicester because, obviously, fierce competitor of Yorkshire. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it being Philadelphia because, obviously, that is overseas. That's, that, that's probably Liam Plunkett's favourite cheese. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to go for.
3: And indeed, Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> um. He ought to like rock for, but the yeah. Yorkshire. Listen to myself. I'm out of control here. <laughs> okay, Wednesday. Dale. Well. You've probably got his number. Can you text him and find out? Actually, do you know what? Let, wait till the run races, the run chases over, because they'll be, they'll all, they'll all be, they're probably focused on that, aren't they? Rather than answering text messages about cheese. But I actually, I would, I would like an answer on this. Oh, he's
2: just on the balcony here now. He's having baby bell. Well, at
3: series five. Uh, by that point, Mark, I would like you to find out exactly what cheese Alex Lee's bought in Sedgefield. Uh, and I would actually like Matthew to clarify: Is there a whole cheese aisle? That sounds unbelievably decadent. Uh, we've had a letter here from a man called, this is a hell of a nickname, Nathan the producer. Uh, I can only assume this is our is our actual producer, uh, Nathan. Uh, let's read on and find out. I am writing to myself... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I am writing to myself to share a very surprising <laughs> cricketer sighting. I was recently at an Elton John concert at Hyde Park when I spotted none other than the little master himself, Sachin Tendulkar. I was so surprised to think that he may be a fan of the Rocket Man and to see him just wandering around that I totally forgot to ask him onto the podcast (laughs) or even what his favourite TV owl was. There were also no bird tables handy to present to him. (laughs) Sorry, chaps. Well, uh, you've absolutely managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory there, Nathan. That would have been a perfect opportunity um, to have... Oh. The sight, the sight of uh, the little master one making his way back from Hyde Park with a bird table <laughs> slung over his shoulder, <laughs> singing your song to himself. That would have been gorgeous. Anyway, that's not a bad spotting at all. Very well done. Sachin, if you're listening, I presume you're a fan. Please let us know your top five Elton John songs. Um, thanks, Sach. Uh, right, uh, Quirky Cricket Gowns. This is sent in by David Smith. Possibly not the one that used to open for Sussex, but who knows? Uh, probably not the one that taught me drama at school. That would just be because he'd say, wouldn't he? Um, back in the 90s, I played for a team called Monkland Cricket Club and we decided to go on a tour one year. The fact that it's one year suggests that this, this is leading towards disaster. I'm not sure how it came about, but we secured a match against RAF Macrahanish. Uh, that is uh, it's a remote airfield in the west of Scotland. There's a lot... I'm quite good on the west of Scotland.
2: Why did you say that? Like you're in the supermarket super aisle? RAF Macrahanish. That's Isle three, Macrahanish.
3: Isle three? Could an Inspector Sands make his way to RAF Macrahanish? Uh I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Ardnamurk and Ard Tornish, I can do, but Macrahanish maybe is just Macrohanish. Uh, it's anyway, it's a remote airfield in the west of Scotland. Uh, on arrival, we had to go through a checkpoint and sign in before we were allowed on the base. I recall that many of the players signed in with names at the time would have been on a terror watch list. Oh dear. Anyway, the pitch was an artificial mat on a vacant field, and whilst we were playing in the pishing rain, <laughs> helicopters were coming and going. This had the effect of regularly blowing the bales off, and the draft causing bowlers at certain moments to bowl like Malcolm Marshall. We didn't win very often in those days, but we managed to win that day. That that sounds like an extraordinary terrifying uh, environment in which to play cricket. But congratulations, uh, somewhat belated, David, uh, on your victory. Uh, This is from Ed Stone. I wondered what happened to the Ed Stone. Uh, This is... uh, He describes it as a Bob Hoskins moment. Um, Hello, Miles and Mark. You may recall my last contribution to MPU when I confused Gus Fraser and Derek Pringle one very fateful day. (laughs) Ed, (laughs) Ed, 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 Ed. I am unlikely to forget... I am unlikely to forget that ever. I appreciate that writing again is almost bound to end in an anti-climax for all concerned, but here goes. Your encounter with Bob Hoskins, where you mistook his reach for the coffee machine for a welcoming handshake, reminded me of a similar encounter I had with a famous cricketer mid-game. In 1982, at the age of nine... I was gifted a course of summer school cricket training at Laws, where Wilf Slack and Joel Garner coached us lucky youngsters. Very lucky. Uh, It was a fabulous education in cricket that gave me all sorts of advantages on the school cricket pitch. Big Bird was, and probably is to this day, a gentleman. He really took us under his wing, just to continue the avian metaphor. It was that summer, a few months after the course, when I thought Joel... (laughs) A few months after the course, I thought Joel had recognised me in the crowd. Somerset had yet again made the final of the BNH car. <laughs> uh, I was lucky enough to be on a Rover ticket, wandering around the Lord's Ground. I suppose I was one of those annoying kids walking the boundary between deliveries. During game, the players were interacting in the crowd, and even though I probably imagined I was the best kid ever to have been trained under Joel Big Bergana, I really didn't think he'd remember me. With Somerset well in control and heading for another trophy, they put Joel out to third man, and he ended up fielding on the boundary, very close to where I was seated by the rope. It must have been the end of an overt, but he glanced over his shoulder, turned and then strode towards me with a smile. Wow, he's recognised me, I thought, and was popping over to say hello. I began to wave at him, and he was now waving and gesturing like I was a long-lost friend. As he arrived at the boundary and I prepared for a handshake, hug or high-five, he proceeded to look straight past me, stretch his long arm into the row behind me and grabbed a can of red stripe from someone he clearly did know. (laughs) In my mind's eye, he took a swig of beer before returning to bowl his spell, he took a match winning 3 for 13 in 8.1 overs that day. Even now it recalls a rather embarrassed feeling in front of a Pat Laws. But he was a great man <laughs> nonetheless. I think that is incredibly sweet that you would think that he would remember you after you know months apart. That is absolutely glorious. Uh, well, very nice to hear again uh, from you Ed. And um, no, that Bob Hoskins moment, that was, thank you for reminding me of that excruciating moment. Hi, it's David Gower here. Uh, yes, it's me. Look, it's, it's slightly embarrassing, but look, Mark and Miles, they've, they've forgotten the email address again. So look, if you've got any cricketing tales, stories, whatever it might be you want to send to them, please email them at middlePlease@hotmail.com. Um, and if that's too much, well, try Twitter or Instagram. The mailbag will remain open. Uh, unusual grounds, cricketers spotted in unusual or everyday places, uh, umpiring incidents, uh, or indeed worst games. Uh, perhaps tell us about the best selfie that you've had uh, with an exciting cricketer. Mark, who's the best person you've had a selfie with? Lewis Moody. When, oh, right. Yeah, cool. Oh, at the, you did a dinner together with him? Yes. Lawrence, is that right? You do go on about him a bit, Mark. It's a bit, if you don't mind me saying, it's a bit
2: embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I saw him somewhere and I waved at him. I wonder if he'd wave back. You,
3: I think he would because you're, uh, you're Mark Wood, so he'd think there's Mark Wood,
2: don't don't you think? I think he'd think who's that uh, bloke waving at me?
3: No, I, th- I think I think I'd think he'd be very receptive to to a wave, high five, or indeed hug.
2: I I also remember when I made my my debut. My mate sent a screenshot. It was like something like um, England cricket. Uh, new number six 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 seven. Adam Lyth Mark Wood. <laughs> my mate sent a screenshot of the comment. The first comment was, "Mark Wood looks like a plaster." <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, do you know the name of the cricketer who got cap number
2: one? W.G. Grace.
3: No, unless I'm mistaken, his name was Henry Jupp.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh wow! You,
3: so... my great great great. Uncle, I think that's I think that's right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, he uh, only for tests though. Never got to play a t twenty, sadly. Um, <laughs> but he would have been he would have been exactly the sort of person that I imagine would have been picked up by uh, London Spirit. Uh, fine, <laughs> <laughs> a fine chap.
2: I feel like he was great against anything under sixty three mile an hour, but he really struggled against anything. Oh, against spin, dominated.
3: Well, he was an opener, so I imagine he was probably quite good at pace, but he. Um, He scored the first ever half century, I think, by an Englishman in a Test match. But I would say, with every passing generation as a family, we've got worse at cricket. Now, um, a person who would have been able to answer that question, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, is uh, this week's guest. Uh, Now, um, would you like to try and guess who this week's guest is, Mark? Give me a clue. I've given you one really vague clue, which is that he knows a lot about cricket. I don't think we've had any guests on that don't know a lot about cricket. His hair is wild than the mine is at the moment um and a brighter colour
2: uh crusty the clown
3: no um he he's a he's a serious numbers person
2: oh um he he isn't he isn't benedict from sky he's the guy to book corner and countdown <laughs>
3: <laughs> well maybe he has done that he, he he's on test match special mark
2: oh It's
3: that is awesome. Middle Please Umpire is proud to be sponsored by Step One Underwear, the UK's choice for comfortable, breathable and no-chafe boxers. Step One believes great achievements start with getting the basics right. So delivering maximum comfort while you're compiling your century or coming in for your third spell of the day is all important. Step One's stylish boxers are worn by elite cricketers and sports people the world over. But why do they wear them? Well, they completely eliminate chafing with their Ultra Glide panels, which prevent your thighs from rubbing together. So get rid of the baby powders, lotions or whatever other remedy you use. They have got your thighs covered. Not only that, they're ethically made, sourced from sustainably grown organic bamboo, making them super soft, antibacterial and breathable, keeping your, and I can't believe I'm saying this, meat and two veg dry all day, whether you're on the pitch or going about your other everyday shenanigans. It's not just gentlemen who get to enjoy the comfort of Step 1, they have a women's boxer range as well. Step 1 are so confident that you'll love them that there's a 30-day money-back guarantee on your first purchase. If you don't like your first pair, for whatever reason, they will give you a full refund and you get to keep the pants. So you can try them out completely risk-free. Best of all, for a limited time, listeners of Middle Please Umpire, that's you, can get a whopping 30% off the entire range. Just head to step1.life and enter the code MP30 at checkout. See what the fuss is all about and make Step 1 an essential part of your daily chafe and
0: sweat-free living. Step 1. Get some. William Hill's safer gambling tools helps you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders, and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill is who you play with.
3: Uh, well, welcome to the podcast, uh, Andy Zaltzman, uh, statistician, satirist, uh, log flume activist, <laughs> and, and, and indeed advocate. Uh, Andy, how um, h- how are you?
1: Well, I mean, as long as there are log flumes in the world, my work will not be over.
3: So, yeah, <laughs> but um... it is no. It's important, and you can't. It's important to just bit one issue, isn't it? So, too often people <laughs> are spread spread too thinly. I think, but you've I'm really pro or anti log flumes uh you just want them to be talked about all oh, right you, okay. yeah that's good basically it's about taboo breaking right, okay. um <laughs> uh andy if you were to uh you know if you think about your dreams and interests as a child if you in, i mean in your wildest dreams and i think we all know that you have incredibly wild vivid <laughs> dreams uh could you ever imagine that you would find yourself where you are today not not just as a guest on the fourth series of middle please umpire but as uh, a <laughs> suddenly to be the test match special statistician well are you still pinching yourself uh yes yeah definitely But was it statistically always going to (laughs) happen
1: it was not statistically always going to happen and it was it was genuinely a childhood dream albeit i was quite an odd child with um (laughs) with quite odd dreams i guess um but yeah i mean i turned to statistics when it became uh, achingly obvious that I was not very good at playing. So, you know, we find refuge in the numbers of those who are rather better at playing than uh,
3: than I was. Well, I, I've always imagined that, because, I suppose, because of your sort of super intelligence, you'd be a sort of a, a wily <laughs> spinner or something. That uh, Yesterday I found myself, and I'm sure you can picture the scene, uh, sharing a taxi in Northumberland with the president of the UK Humanists. And he said, <laughs> I've played cricket with Andy. He's an excellent wicketkeeper. Is right. that is that your discipline?
1: Well... I would say I was at best adequate at wicketkeeping. um, But I'll, uh, no, I I did it a little bit at school until a a kid who was better at wicketkeeping turned up. And I was um, sent out to field at mid on and drop 80% of the chances that came. Probably actually, that's a conservative estimate. Um, (laughs) Did you have
2: a pocket hat on when you were
1: wicketkeeping? uh, I can't, I I remember having a red sun hat when I was about 10 that didn't fit very well and kept falling off. but yeah it was uh, I was not a natural I think it's fair to say at any any of the cricketing disciplines but um who I mean I'm I'm flattered that I was described by a humanist as an excellent wicketkeeper and there can be no higher praise <laughs> than that
3: <laughs> That's right yeah yeah exactly if you it, I think it is one of the filters on stats guru uh there's the, there's a, there's a little box you could tick but but what do the humanists think <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have you two met, by the way, Woody and uh, Zoltz? Have you ever encountered each other in the flesh or digitally?
2: I've, I actually have seen. I've seen Zoltz quite a bit at the cricket. I haven't spoken them much in depth, but I've seen them a lot around. I came in the BBC box as well, where I was invited once to um, test my special, and England got bowled out for sixty. <laughs> and funny enough, I've never been invited back again. <laughs> so uh, um, I think they think I'm a bad omen there.
3: I'm sure it can't be the case. Uh, Andy, is it, actually, I'm, there's something I was going to check with you, which is is, is cricket actually your favourite sport?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not even close, Miles. I mean, I love a lot of sports.
3: Well, that is my thing because you know so much and follow so many of them. I wondered if it was even your, you know, like I asked Alex Stewart what his favourite sport was and he said football. Really? You know, and I, which really, really sort of took, <laughs> t- 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 took me aback somewhat. But because yeah. you, yeah, you know so much about, so you probably know as much about other sports as you also know about cricket, which is te- terrifying and perhaps something.
1: Oh, well, a complete waste of a human brain, to be honest. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I know cricket's definitely my, you know, my. My, my one true love.
3: <laughs> Gosh, right. Well, let's, let's hope your family aren't listening in. I've told them that. Oh, I've told I them that yeah, to yeah, their yeah. face on an almost weekly basis. And that's, and that's why you're in a shed, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. essentially. <laughs> what is your oddest or, or proudest uh, piece of cricketing memorabilia? I,
1: I, I bought uh, at an, <laughs> an auction uh, a few months ago a signed bat from the 1905 Old Trafford Test Match. That was signed by the England and Australia teams. And it's not in very good condition, and it's got quite a lot of woodworm. But it's still a very old bat with some very dead cricketers' autographs on. So I think that's probably my favourite bit.
3: Was that the sort of uh, cricketing lunch where the auction starts after you've had maybe two bottles of red wine? Uh, no, this was just it was just a regular
1: a regular oh well online auction. And they had a lot of old cricket bats.
2: I wonder if it was <laughs> off uh, Harry Judd. That's who I was thinking. I was thinking as he'd get oh, off yeah. one of his collections <laughs> there.
3: We, Harry Judd has a collection of like what well, over forty nineties cricket bats, and he and I started getting very excited. Woody, I have to say, Woody's eyes glazed over very quickly. It, it's, 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 it's quite a number of topics that I bring up that you just right. see Woody. Sometimes he just he allows his, his chair to spin round. He thinks, "Oh no, not again! I can't hear any more words about you know Michael Andrew Atherton or or whoever it might be." Um, do you um, do you feel as you're getting older, Andy, you are taking on more knowledge, or are you just acquiring? the skills to access information more easily? I mean, technology has helped you, obviously.
1: Yes. Well, I, th- I mean, I think in terms of what I do on TMS, uh, it's obviously completely changed since the internet came along. Bill Frindle used to take a trolley load of books with him everywhere um, to look stuff up, whereas now, you know, it's just a, a laptop. So I guess, the, you know, the skill is now knowing, not, not necessarily knowing a, a lot of facts as knowing what and what to look up and how to look it up uh quite quickly on air um but in i mean just in terms of the general process of human life the brain does i mean shed unnecessary well i say shed unnecessary knowledge it actually generally sheds necessary knowledge and leaves. Certainly left me with a load of sporting stats that I knew when I was twelve. <laughs>
2: have, you, have you found any like obs- real obscure stats that you couldn't find, or anything that you were asked you where you're thinking about? I'm never going to find this out. Or
1: um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a few. I mean, there's, there's things regarding. <laughs> occasionally you get asked about you know players who've done things on their birthdays, which is quite fiddly to find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, well generally, it, it, yeah most things from the various databases that are around you can you can uh, you can
3: dig up um, can you do it live do you have do you have access at your fingertips now if i if i say tell us something surprising about mark wood i mean by, by as in that would surprise mark nothing would surprise me about mark wood but i'm sure lots of things about mark wood would surprise surprise Mark wood
1: uh well I can tell you that uh right now because well, when I was coming on this podcast I, I thought well it'd be nice to have a stat about about Woody and uh oh, and this, no. <laughs> this, well, no, this, this came up in in Hobart because I was there for for BBC for the ashes you're uh you're six for 37 in Hobart uh since the 1880s only three England bowlers have taken a five wicket haul in a test in Australia at a lower average runs per wicket. So yours was, you know, 6.16, 6 for 37. And those three are Jon Snow, Frank Tyson and Harold Larwood. So that's, you know, the, the pantheon of great English fast bowlers in Australia that you
3: that you joined oh, in what, the, in that game. I'll
2: take that. That's a great start.
3: What a shame there's only three places on a podium. <laughs>
2: Miles, one... I think we should get Andy on every week I mean these Just... stats I mean I already feel fantastic yeah. about myself now
3: eh yeah we'll have a uh, smoke blowing corner and every week good. Get... So, so obviously I...
2: obviously, research me have you done anything
3: on Miles on my... <laughs> Miles' Miles's cricketing stats
1: are slightly less plentiful um, <laughs> so.
2: I think I've got some
3: entries, is it called playcricket.com the sort of club cricket uh, right. yeah. archive yeah. Uh, uh, but like, yes you have to you have to scroll down a lot, I mean you might wear out your mouse uh, scrolling <laughs> What oh, age are you, Andy? So what age am I? What age are you? This, these now, are the sort of stats you really oh, ought to have at your yeah, fingertips. Uh, that's 47. 47. So yep. uh, what age did you uh, begin to love cricket? Uh,
1: well, I can tell you that exactly. Uh, six. Um, because I remember seeing little bits of the 1981 summer on TV. One of my earliest cricketing memories is watching Chris Tavare bat, who was my you – know, I grew up in Kent – and, you know, when Tavare played for England, even at that age, whereas I was quite exciting to see run. Obviously, he batted phenomenally slowly alongside Ian Botham, batting phenomenally quickly. And I, I, I love that that contrast of the, the fast and the slow. So uh, that was the summer I sort of started, I guess, becoming aware of cricket. We lived in a little village that had cricket on the green. I remember going, going to see that. And then my dad bought me some books about it. Uh, bought me the, uh, a couple of books about the, 80, the 81 Ashes that had a load of Bill Frindle stats and scorecards in the back. And I think that's when the portal... And-
2: so did did, um, did Tavry get the same rap that Jack Leach got when he did the thing with Stokes? Did he get the same sort of... Did he get a Specsavers deal? Did he?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, it wasn't quite such a dramatic... I mean, this was the old Trafford test where England won quite easily. The headingly match, actually, the tail enders kind of gave it a whack alongside both of them. But uh, mm. yeah, I just it was. It, it, I mean, even in the eighties, which was yeah relatively slow scoring by the standards that we see today, Tavare was was very
3: much at the the stodgy end of the of the <laughs> defensive scale. But when you were watching them back together, did you? Would you rather have been both them or Tavare?
1: Well, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, ideally, a hybrid of the two. Uh, <laughs> right, Right. Were. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I was—I was—I mean—a gr- grindingly tedious batsman in in my limited career at school and in village cricket. Uh, I once um, I once got out for six uh, in uh, an hour and a quarter in a school match, and four of them were an edge between the wicketkeeper and first slip. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: proper batting. Proper I, uh, when batting. I was about twelve, I got uh, I, I got one. I was opening, and I was in for an hour and four minutes. And the single was off the th- like the fourth ball I faced, yeah. And I just and we there yeah, we we were battling it out for a draw, as we were from the beginning of every game we played. Uh, that would have been the absolute dreamy end game for. Us. Miles,
2: I've got um, I've got history of that. So there's a lad, I played Northumberland for. He's called um, Chris Weldon, lovely lad. But he was on the stodgy uh, end that day. He had, I think he had six off sixty-six balls. It was a forty-over game, I think. So I ran him out deliberately. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I give it the old yes, no, maybe, and um, he was out by his street. And when uh, when we came off at the end, I just oh sorry, man, I just had a brain fit then. But really, I'd had enough of his stodginess. I thought we've <laughs> got to get on with it. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to get him out of there.
3: Well, that was you taking an executive decision. This one, you weren't so sort of captain's orders like when Botham was told to go and run out and boycott. Exactly, it was you were showing leadership. Because so, I, I, when I asked about Tabary Botham's was because I remember like you, I was at that last day. At the Oval in 2005, I was sitting a few by chance. I was sitting a few rows behind you and uh Chris Addison and John Oliver. You was you must have been quite yeah, we were all in the same bit, bizarrely, in front of the gas yep. holders. But that watching that partnership between Peterson and Giles, I was probably probably the only person on the ground thinking, in this situation right now, the person I'd most like to be is Ashley Giles. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've always oh. loved a number eight scoring runs, and uh, I've always loved that. And I, I kind of that's the that's the, I, that used to sort of be my ambition at the time: is to be a sort of a non a non bowling Ashley Giles that could be madely vaguely <laughs> vaguely useful at number it's eight. It's good to have a dream in life, Miles. Good to have a dream. And take some uh, yeah, and he and he took some fine catches at uh, Gunner <laughs> as well. How, how many of the game uh, days of that that series did you go and see?
1: Of 05, just just the five days at the Oval. So. Chris oh, well Anderson got managed to get a load of tickets uh, through being a Surrey member, so yeah, we went to all, all five. I don't th- yeah, I think that's that's right up there with the greatest moments of my life. Sitting watching uh, all five days of that, uh,
3: the twelfth of September two thousand and five. That is, yeah, was an absolutely because I remember I had to run do, off. Do
2: you both think that that was the greatest series? Do you both think
1: that? Uh, I do. I do think. I do think that because it you know it was the two best teams. It was, you know, a series of unbelievably dramatic games. That the you know, the whole kind of history of England having been hammered for a decade and a half. I, I do I do I think that was probably as good as cricket can get. It was free
3: it, it was free to air. It sort of cut yeah. through to the public you know, people that you'd never Well what do you think what do you think, Woody? What's your do do you
1: have do you have a personal favourite? Yeah,
2: that was that would be mine. That was yeah. probably the I had the box the the D V D box at that and we me and my friends would watch that all the time and obviously you know, I had an interest because Harmony was playing as well. So obviously, yeah. it just the whole thing. I just thought because Australia was so good, like to be able to beat them with their superstars in that team was just like I think inspiring.
1: Yeah, and there was some great. I mean, just in terms of you know your life as a. High speed bowler, there was some you know, just great fast bowling mm. and extreme speeds in that. And I remember Brett Lee and Sean Tate at the Oval bowling at Peterson. And, and there's a half hour after lunch where oh, Lee, yeah. Lee and I think it was Lee and Warren bowling at Peterson and he was taking them on. I think it was that's probably my favorite little period of cricket that I've ever seen.
3: Mm. I mean, I think the only thing missing from the series was that no sort of out and out eccentric took six for 37. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> 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 otherwise i did love it well and so then as a as a once you join tms i mean what what have been the most extraordinary uh, matches or series you've seen unfold from the box do you think
1: well um the world cup was an amazing thing to be to be wor- working on i use the word working in its most elastic sense and that and the, the, the tension <laughs> at the final uh, of the, the the last sort of two hours of that final and I'm, I mean, God knows what it was like for you, Woody, as a, as a player, but the, just Get it. Get the it. Whole, <laughs> I've never known just such, you know, the whole 30,000 people just kind of gripped with tension, fear, excitement. Um, and uh, yeah, From I mean, from my point of view, at that point, the stats had sort of become completely irrelevant. So I was just sitting there in the TMS box. <laughs> of sweating and um but bentone. did you know the
2: rules yeah no, I, know exactly. the rules. <laughs> I didn't have a clue um we didn't either well
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure they would made them up i mean i should i could have just made some they turned to me so andy what happens if it's a if it's a tie in the super over i reckon i could have made something up and someone would have been listening to it in, in the pool and say yeah let's go with that and uh and uh, they'd have run with it so i think a...
3: the number of people <laughs> in the ground that knew what was going on I just remember they eventually had to explain over the tanoi what was going on as a result of the sort of confused yeah. hubbub.
2: Do you do you remember results in the in the TMS box? Who looked the most nervous? Because obviously from Sky they can cut to the commentators, can't and show yeah, them. Yeah. But TMS, there is not always the camera there. Was that was anybody particularly walking around or like looked really nervous? Um,
1: or... uh, well, I, I, oh, I can't can't, can't remember. I, I, Michael Vaughan was was visibly. Um, Trembling from what I remember, I think everyone was really. <laughs> um, um, J- Jeremy Coney was most on edge for as our New, New Zealand, but it was just—I mean, I was sort of sitting at the front, so I couldn't really see what was going on mm. behind me. But it was—you know—just such an inc- incredible. Moment of sporting drama,
3: but did you not also go to an Indian at uh, the World Cup in India?
1: I did, yeah. So I saw, I saw, I was there for Crick info. So I saw India win in Mumbai, which was fairly spectacular, and uh, hundreds of thousands of people out on the streets.
3: That must have been extraordinary. That, that's when uh, when Don, did Donny push himself up the order in that, that final run chase?
1: Yes, I uh, yeah, he went in ahead of Yuvraj, I think, and made uh, made ninety odd not out and finished it with that gigantic gigantic six but i mean so i started on tms in 2016 just doing the 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 white ball stuff and it was, you know a great time to 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 work on the england white ball team as it you know to ch- sort of change the following year after the 2015 world cup and then to follow that you know your team woody through those those years and and what was really interesting was i mean it, and i don't know you know you might have a interesting view on this but in the months leading up to the world cup the um you know england had been predominantly, you know a, a very effective batting side but in the months before the world cup you came back with your sort of changed run up jofra archer came into the team and the uh, and it was almost the bowling that ended up winning england that tournament having been you know the, the team that was you know smacking massive scores all over the place and in, in the final it end up as a low score I and mean, did you feel that that was that was sort of coming together as you went into the tournament you felt that that you were all sort of you had yeah, more dimensions as a bowling side.
2: Yep, and, and firstly, I'd say definitely you can come back on. And secondly, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that you know we, we were quietly confident in my bowling attack. I think the, the baton has always been you know, we'll blast teams away it's a phenomenal lineup that just keep coming and coming. But you know, I think Wokes East was at the height of his powers. Yeah. Joffrey had come in, he was fresh, raw, give her an, another you know, dimension with with high pace nice high skill. Um, I just of done Pudsey in well the middle the overs of as well. Pudsey, uh, you know, we had Tom Curran on the bench, um, Stokes, he was obviously bowling. He took wickets the first game, I remember. Um, so as a seam bowling department, we're pretty cool. good. And you got two two really exactly good finishes. And, and more. so we felt like we had them all covered. It was just that it, more often than not, we had to hold one up because the baton would the baton would set it up for us, and then we would have to you know just back them up. But it, it was weird because Mogg's obviously liked to. Um, ball first, and he thought, whatever, whatever happens, we'll we'll knock it off anyway. So we had that confidence. Weirdly, no matter how it went, that if even if the opposition got 300, we would still knock that off easily. It was just strange that I, I guess that the pressure was off the ball as in a way and, and that's probably what helped us during that tournament. That we just felt that no matter what happened, the baton would sort would sort us of sort us out. So
3: in your situation, then, Zolt, seeing now so much cricket live. Do you find the most nerve wracking slash exciting moments then, or when we're bowling, or when we're batting? Um,
1: well, I don't know about some nerve wracking excitement. There's just something about that
3: world. Obviously, you're an absolute neutral. You're a, mem- <laughs> you're God, a member God. of the press. There's no there's nothing going on to the surface. I think I'm quite
1: neutral in the sense that I just love cricket, and you know, if that mostly if the World Cup final I did feature England, but had it featured, you know, any two teams I think it would have been you know gripping whatever happened. But um, yeah, I I, I I don't know. I get I mean, I do find I've always loved test cricket uh, the best. I and mean, a good test match, that elongated tension over days and days. And they're, they're just emotionally draining to work on in the media. Um, and I, I don't know how players get through it. I find at the end of a test match, I've just been sitting there looking up stats. I'm absolutely knackered. So I don't know. I mean, do you find ways to, as a player, Mark, when you just kind of learn to, you know, switch off those, you know, the times when you're, say, sitting in the pavilion, and so it doesn't quite overwhelm you like that.
2: No, not really. I think you, you switch off at the end of the test. What happens is the adrenaline keeps you going, the thought of what might be to come, the thought of, you know, how you're going to bat or how you're going to, you're tactically going to bowl or how the game's going. You seem to just be on that treadmill and you can sort of switch off at night time of the games, um, but you, you don't fully switch off. And then after the game, it's sort of like a massive release of emotion, a bit of a come down, and then you're just, I think that's when you feel most tired because you've been so hyped up for five days, you know, you're playing for your country, uh, you know, that the the game dictates how you might feel at certain points. Even if you're winning, you're still you're still not relaxed because you know that the game isn't finished. So um I wouldn't say at the end of de- at the end of day's play, I'm certainly tired when we've been bowling, but I would say at the end of the game mentally, you're you're very drained. So at the end of the game you're probably most tired.
3: But with that amount of adrenaline, are there times when you during a test match you're take, you're taking the field having had Essentially, no sleep. If it's a nerve-wracking game and the adrenaline's
2: pumping, I don't know how, how. A couple of times, yeah. And you would take the field,
3: having had not, yeah, just not not a
2: wink. A couple of times. I mean, Australia away recently. That was pretty tough because, um, because we weren't batting as well, or or we would spend a long period in the field bowling. Then we would get bowled out, and then we'd be back in the field again. So actually, you were never getting that like mental break or mental switch off, or f- even physical switch off, because you get tired, you sore. Um, and then, of course, we're in the field for a long time again because we're not bowling them out. I think we only bowled them out once that last game. So we we're in the field a lot for that series, and then we weren't getting the runs. So it was pretty tough mentally and physically. And sometimes you'd be going back in the field where you go back to your hotel room and think like I'm next in tomorrow. Like, and you just bowled the whole day, and you're like oh, next in tomorrow. I'm worried, like you know, am I going to be able to affect the, the game? You might not have much sleep, and then you are back it, you know, batting and fielding the next day. It is, it can be brutal, but. Um, you front up because of who you're playing for. You know that's that's loads statement stakes in the line. So you you front up for that. Yeah,
3: I still think it's hardest for the
2: spectators.
3: Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Andy, well, as a as a player though, we've we've established that you uh, had a brief, uh, ultimately tragic uh, uh, stint as a wicketkeeper. What have been your greatest moments as a player?
1: My greatest moments as a player. Oh, I, I do I mean, I I, I scored a. Um... A hundred for my village team in a Sunday friendly. Um, really, <laughs> there was we're chasing two forty, and I was not out at the end, and we won by two wickets. And I don't
3: think I would ever come down from that.
1: It's it's very hard to to overstate the the you know the the. The sort of quality of that of that that level of cricket, uh, uh, or understate it, or the you know the anti quality, but
2: still <laughs> having oh yeah, doing your solid <laughs> service here, hundred match winning hundred, knocking lo- it off, lo-
1: local derby as well, Penshurst against Lie.
3: I thought taking a catch would be an uh, it is an unbelievable buzz. I remember once taking three catches in a game in which I bowled a couple of dreadful overs, and I can't remember if I batted or not, but for whatever reason, I, I took three catches and that gave me almost as big a buzz as any kind of experience. And you
2: One didn't of them was, sleep that night, did you? And you had to bat the next day. See how it was
3: everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: uh, I once dropped the same batsman three times in 20 minutes. That was a, that was a, real, that was a real low
3: light. <laughs>
2: Where were, you, where were you fielding?
1: Well, in various different places. The captain moved me around to try and uh, <laughs> um, get me out of the firing yeah. line. But, um...
2: Oh, that always happens, doesn't it? How does it just follow you? <laughs> it always happens, that doesn't it? You drop one and the ball keeps following you everywhere. Horrible.
3: But in that, because I used to like the level of cricket where it was necessary to have a, a, a what, what do you call it? In the first, you have to have someone on the boundary behind the wicker keeper because the wicker keeper's success rate, what's that called? Full... Back backstop. That sounds very American, no, though, doesn't it? No, well, that was. I think i was the full, old. full stop. Full yeah. stop. Backstop, and that would that would be like like one of the first fielding positions. you be like, well, we need someone really good at backstop when you're like eleven, <laughs> and you know you're doing pretty well to stop the ball once it's, if it's gone past the batsman somehow. So it's pretty, you're doing pretty well for the, for the keep. Certainly, the teams that I would uh, I would play in. What what would be your your favourite position, Andy, as a fielder though? I mean, do you prowl the covers? Do you? Um,
1: no. Um... I don't think I have one. I was a terrible fielder. I, I did used to enjoy wicket-keeping because I wasn't very good at it. I did once have a a stumping in a school match. I remember I took the ball, whipped towards the stumps, massive appeal, but I'd missed the stumps and with, with, with the ball. So I was appealing having just taken a massive air shot at the stumps. <laughs> that feeling of humiliation still burns to this day. <laughs>
3: Sure, a blushing Zaltzman is a very, very upsetting sight for the entire, for the entire community. Um, uh, what do you think is about to happen then, um, statistically or otherwise, to England? Now suddenly we've had these. W- at the time we're recording this, we're two 0 up in a test series against uh, New Zealand. Uh, there's been presumably from your, from your uh, 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 well envious uh, position. Uh, a very visible change in in the sort of team dynamic in the atmosphere what what do you imagine the next 6 months uh, might bring um statist- statistically what will it bring presumably you already know the al- algorithms have done the work
1: statistically yeah. i imagine it'll bring a lot of runs for joe root um who seem and i don't know how much you've seen of the series so far um mark but he just seems so kind of jovial in the field without the burden of captaincy. It's been really good. Yeah,
2: I've watched quite. I've watched quite a bit. He does seem that way. And the report I'm getting is that it's you know they can't see that there's a weight off his shoulders. He's, yeah. You know, back that cheeky lad and cheeky chap that that he was. He looks a lot happier and like just does a weight off his shoulders, I guess.
3: Um, and that's why he's in that kind of Andy Zaltzman scoring a not-out century to win the game kind of um, <laughs>
2: yeah
3: <laughs> kind of mindset.
1: Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't I mean it's an interesting. It's an interesting summer, in and I mean, I think South Africa is going to come with a really strong seam attack. And after you know a couple of not great years, they've they've had some really good results recently, and you know, really, and I've got two good, two really good spinners, and four or five really good seamers. I think that could be a really, really interesting series. Yeah, you know, it is really exciting to see, you know, to see England, um, yeah, you know, b- batting with that kind of freedom. I mean, I guess the challenge is when the ball is moving around whether they can sort of maintain that um but yeah, it's, it's
3: uh exciting times and what what else is going on in the in in your world obviously you've got a huge amount, amounts of uh airtime with um <laughs> tms you've had a pretty 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 good lockdown from my perspective andy um but the uh, uh have you got lots of stand-up stuff coming up as well like well, you you do the job i used to do the news quiz chair yes. so that will that will keep you in um in meat and mortgage, uh, but is it? Are you having time to do live work?
1: Um, I did um, a, a tour in sort of February, and March, and then a London run in May. I've got a few more dates in November, but um, uh, no, it's mostly the yeah the news quiz, which is sort of half the year, and uh, cricket, which is um, well, there's a lot of cricket. On
3: it's twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stats never sleep. And, we um, did uh, we did a <laughs> tour together, Mark. Me and Zoltz did a... I mean, I say a tour. I think it was yeah. three or four dates. <laughs> it
1: was. I yeah, I mean, remember.
3: tour is really, really making it sound a lot more grand than it was. But, but we do one half of the show each, and we, the running order was based entirely on sort of geography, really, and who would be where or whatever. Or, and I seem to remember... I can't remember where they did the. Ma- Colchester was one. I certainly remember in Col... Yes, Colchester. I remember you having a very funny routine... That, that very slightly appalled them. It was to do with there'd been, like, a sort of floods and then a lack of water, and I just remember... <laughs> I remember laughing... Because it's in a, it's a former church, isn't it, called I, I remember laughing and hearing my own laugh echo around the church in response to you using the saying the words, good old British piss. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember what the sort of fundamentals of the routine were, and you're, I can't you're too prolific either. to remember, but I, no. <laughs> I just found it so completely... I can't
2: believe you haven't played
1: cricket together. Yeah, well, we should rectify that, Miles. I mean, I haven't played a game in
3: four years now, so... Really? I think I've played about three in that in that time.
2: Miles is on my radar for my comeback My comeback right. net. Uh, <laughs> Miles, <laughs> my, Miles has agreed to get in there, so maybe you could strike up a batting partnership together.
1: Right, OK, yeah. You yeah,
2: could be Tabaret, right. he could try and be both of them. <laughs> I think that's
3: wise. I think you would be able to map out exactly what my... You know, you could do like a sort of wagon wheel in advance of my likely scoring areas. Third... I mean, if I could get some bats on it, I'd say third backstop. man would be... third Backstop. Third man would be kept extremely busy if, I, if I'm able to get any bat on it. Uh, the physio would be... I mean, he would be shattered. Uh, we might need a sort of second and third physio. Because I did... I faced one, one delivery of Mark. He was... Uh, it was with a tennis ball, and it was of no... Um, it was of no steps whatsoever, but I found that a little fry, and you know. And he wasn't even fully fit. Right. What
1: kind of speed, what, what what kind of miles an hour is that? Do you reckon? Probably,
3: I know that when I know, I know, having tested it out in the bowling machine with Tom Tuck at the Oval, that if it's faster than 62, I cannot see it
1: because <laughs> <laughs> so when they do, I mean, if, if we're doing Woody's comeback net, that extra 30 miles an hour can make quite a difference, can't it? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're all in a bowl at 96, is it 96.7? Is that what we established as your fastest speed ever?
2: It's 97.1, but yeah, close it up. 97.1. What was that? What game was that in? That would have been 2020 against India at Ahmedabad. The ball was, Shama, was the road Sharma. It was boxer. <laughs> do you, uh, no, I, what, I can't what? really remember. If I'm honest, it's just it's all a blur. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> do you, Do you look at speeds? Your speed data.
2: Uh, some. S- Sometimes, like, if I've, if I've felt particularly sharp, I might go to the um, analyst and say, oh, how, how quick was it today? And it depends. If I've, if I've bowled poorly but I've still bowled fast, he'll go, oh, wasn't that quick today. But if I've bowled fast and bowl well, he'll go, yeah, that was quick today. <laughs> so I think, I think he, he assesses the mood pretty well.
3: Have you ever come back and, like, sat down with the analyst and he goes, do you want to see your pitch map for today? Thinking that you've been bowling all right. And then he goes, there it is. And you think... Bloody hell what's that it looks like someone's dropped a connect four set or something Well
2: that that's that's the, that's the one I'm most upset with is that the the World Cup final my first spell is awful I, I can't watch it back I'm so hyped up to try and do well because I was I was desperate to get on desperate to do well you know tr- tried too hard to make an impact and I've watched it back and I'm like why am I not just hitting the top of the stumps here the pitch is doing a little bit walks these ball like tremendous and I'm spraying it all over. And it wasn't until I came back when I was into the game that I was much better. But that first spell, I, I, I literally can't watch it. It's like it's just, I would hate to see the pitch, Mama. I mean, the analyst, um, I remember asking him, you know, at the time how quick I'd ball, because I was chasing, obviously, Jofra for the quickest ball but I did not ask him where, what my pitch mark was like I just I couldn't face it
3: but even though it's what you do for a living I think I think feeling nervous in a World Cup final I think that's I think I think you're allowed to forgive allowed. yourself that mark
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you, you want to give a good account of yourself don't you and, and that's what I'm trained to do I'm trained to, to bowl well in those moments and I, I didn't bowl well that first spell but I, I came back well which was particularly pleasing
3: well i mean you know that i think i think i think if you're not happy with the way that tournament ended there's something
2: i'm <laughs> um, like let like me mention before, i hated the game honestly hated it um the result was obviously the best feeling ever and you know the best moment ever but the game was awful to be a part of it was tense it was horrible and
3: it was quite a tricky pitch wasn't it It was you know both sides sort of struggled to get any fluency but i just remember the, the atmosphere was nervous in the ground as well i went I've told you this before I'm sure but I went thinking it would be like oh, I've got to get up there. got to get there early just soak up all the atmosphere but actually when I got there it was like 30,000 really nervous people <laughs> <laughs> nine hours later nothing seems to have changed apart from the scoreboard it's just still yeah that that kind of thing I sent you that video didn't I recently Woody of that um that I filmed of us singing sweet Caroline in the yeah. uh in the uh I don't, do they sing that in the box? Andy, in and the commentary uh,
1: box, I did, did you join? I don't think anyone... I can't remember if anyone joined in, actually, but, I mean, it was a...
3: I mean, that sort I, of behaviour is a little bit Sky, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure Athos was belting it out at the time. <laughs> but it was just... In fact, it, it was so good because, obviously, nobody knew the rules, but we, we knew the lyrics of that song, and that was something that able, everyone was able to try to...
2: Was that deliberate? What? So good so good so good (laughs) oh
3: no it wasn't i I thought you did that deliberately (laughs) synchronicity so good so good i've been told um is that is that count now you're not interested anymore (laughs) um well andy i think it is time uh it's it's been very generous of you to come onto this podcast and i mentioned it to you a long time ago uh, we've we've made it happen. Uh, uh, you've got an exciting summer uh, ahead of you.
2: And we've set up a, a new baton partnership with the two yep. of you.
3: Yep, The two Looking of us. Looking forward to
2: it. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be one of those,
3: yeah, nets where basically, because we'll just call, we should, it's a chance for us to practice our running between the wickets, Andy, which yeah. we've never done before, but I yeah. can already tell you. <laughs> No. I imagine no. it would be absolutely fucking shocking. Uh, the pair of us <laughs> calling and being easily distracted and getting overexcited, or possibly stopping to reminisce. Yes, uh, mid, well, mid, I've, mid, I've lost mid... the
1: yard of pace over the years as well. I will, I will throw that I, into. The, I've got to factor that in.
3: I am yet to gain a yard of pace. <laughs> uh... I only had one. <laughs> 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 lost my one and only yard <laughs> um but let's uh so i hope you have a enjoy the 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 summer and winter ahead of you but we've got time uh for uh woody's super over now uh ever popular furniture item i mean top top content uh woody's super over so i'm going to be on the clock
2: zolta you ready
3: right ready born ready right,
2: miles you tell me when yeah when you when the clock's ready
3: I wasn't born ready. I was I was born wondering or asking the question. Remind me how this works again. Um, <laughs> that was something. Oh yeah, I was with Rory Bremner at the weekend, Andy, and he was talking about that that very funny routine you have about when you uh, having helping your wife deliver a baby. Oh, yeah. Yes,
1: My, our that, baby, not just any old baby, it was our
3: yeah. Oh right, he was he was. I thought deliberately vague about it. Uh, <laughs> no, he was. Uh, yeah, delivering your baby, and that said line. I searched the hero inside myself. Oh, yeah, and he
1: wasn't in, and I've just found a large pile of unopened post addressed to the hero inside myself, suggesting
3: that he'd never lived at that address <laughs> 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 in that if i may is classic uh <laughs> andytzman the the apotheosis of the of the oeuvre. Uh i i have uh uh one minute thirty seconds on the clock ready to go for you to fill as you please uh ladies and gentlemen, your time starts now.
2: white spikes or coloured spikes
3: oh uh white
2: favourite
1: TV owl? A TV owl? Oh, uh, I can't think of any TV owls. Uh, Richie Benno, he's basically an owl. <laughs> 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 the
2: most random celebrity contact in your
3: phone.
1: <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, the most random ce- ah, no, pass. I'm, I, oh, no, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I can't. I can't leave any. Sorry, I'm gonna have to play and miss at that one.
2: You first your first cricket
1: bat, gun and more. Well, a little blue and green stickers down the back. I can I think it might have been a maestro. Might have been the one pre maestro. Yeah. yeah.
2: Favorite sandwich filling.
1: Um, Favorite sandwich filling. I will go for blue cheese, salami, and red currant jelly.
2: Turning pitch or green top. Turning pitch. Heaviest item you've ever dropped on your foot typewriter <laughs> have you ever been mistaken for a famous person or another cricketer uh,
1: I don't think I've ever been mistaken for another cricketer uh, famous uh, person uh, no I used to get heckled about people I used to get heckled about looking like Art Garfunkel but I don't think I was ever actually mistaken and also Queen Elizabeth the first but again I don't think people mistook me for, for Elizabeth the first
3: the time is gone but I don't want it to end keep going no no I don't <laughs> want got, it to end
2: we've got, we've got two left Mike Gatting is Mike gutting is coming for dinner what are you going to cook for him?
1: <laughs> um, an elk?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you walk out the bat. What are you going to ask the umpire for when taking guard?
1: Oh, uh, leg stump. Leg stump every oh. time. <laughs> oh,
2: so that was quality.
3: That was
1: very. And <laughs> the
2: barest of all margins. Miles.
3: I think you're the first person that hasn't been able to e- easily recall their their first bat. That seems to be. I mean, you've got a lot well, of numbers well, near the surface, I guess.
1: Uh, I've, no, I remember it was a and more, but I couldn't remember what make it was. I think it was just like a basic. I'm not even sure it had. So I did it. My second bat was a Maestro. The first bat was just it was a it had narrow stickers down the back. Elk. I've got it somewhere.
3: An elk. Elk. Yeah. Elk. A very fine answer. This sort of. Yeah. Celebrity, yeah, that's no, no. Maybe there are no celebrities in you, or you don't think of people you, in, the, in that way. Can word. I count you? Am I random? Am I a celebrity? <laughs> are any of us really here? Um, <laughs> uh, you can, yeah, if that counts. We, uh, do you know our best ever answer for that? And we were, we were genuinely surprised by this. Um, uh, Simon Taufel right? Guess, uh, and we've asked other uh, uh, guests to guess this. Guess who Simon Taufel's uh, unexpected or random celebrity in his mobile f- uh, mobile phone contact book was? we got to give uh, him a
2: clue.
3: I don't think we do. I think Andy's so bright. His knowledge is so all encompassing. He's always been able to divine information and things like that.
1: <laughs> uh, was He's it connected
3: the Pope? to the mafia, famously. <laughs> the Pope is yeah. actually a very close answer. He really? is the leader of a religion, of a faith.
1: Archbishop of Canterbury?
3: Oh, that's, that, this is, this is your Rabbi? sort of. This, <laughs> right that is no no (laughs) just what other world faiths are left
1: um dalai lama yes yes there we go Too... He'd, be a, he'd be a great umpire, the Dallow Long, wouldn't he? calm under pressure. You know?
3: That's right. Do you think, I think, yeah, I think sometimes he might take quite a long time to give a decision. Yeah. Uh, Archbishop of Canterbury, that's your, that's your Kentish bias showing yes. there, I'm yeah. afraid, Andy. I know you always try and bring him into things, but no, <laughs> uh, that was the wrong answer. But yeah, you, I remember being there when you got your, or, or, or once, I've seen you live so many times. Ah, uh,
2: Miles, I'll tell you what, we haven't discussed with, with Andy here. He said, "Turning pitch." I think that's the first one we've had yes. this series. Everyone, people yeah. say green top. Yeah, turning pitch. It was the first one. It must be, must be the and Burnham likes to get low on those turning pitches. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I've definitely been at a gig of yours when someone shouted, "Sing bright eyes," <laughs> uh, and you looking. I think it's fair to say tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what an absolute toot to have on uh, Middle Please umpire. Uh, uh, Andy Zaltzman, uh, polymath, um, <laughs> dramaturg, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, roller coaster hater, um, uh, uh, log log flume um, aficionado, Afici- aficionado. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Are there any other? Are there any of your job titles that we've forgotten? Um, no, it's mostly the log flumes these days. <laughs> these days, yeah, the shed well, keeper. <laughs> yep, keeper of the almighty shed. Shed keeper, dance captain. Uh, <laughs> All of those. Yeah, uh, Brilliant. Uh, Andy, thank you very much indeed for being a guest on Nibble. Please Please um. Uh Andy Zaltzman there, uh, the Test Match Special Statistician and indeed...
2: I thoroughly enjoyed that,
3: Miles. Astonishingly brilliant satirist. He's great. He's great. I've, I've know, as I said, I've known him for two decades. I, I remember going to see a show he did in Edinburgh 20... yeah. Oh, I don't know. Round about the millennium. It was called uh, Andy Zaltzman versus the Dog of Doom. Uh, and another one he did the year later, Andy Zoltzman, and the catapult of truth. So,
2: so if you we were to do a sort of test match special style finish, it would be and Zoltzman and Jupp have, have put on a fantastic partnership here, match winning, Jupp with his flamboyant shots through the onside, Zoltzman through the offside. It's been a cakewalk for these two in the end. Only we can hope that these two bat together more often and possibly win more games for England.
3: Mark, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. I would like to hear you in the Test Match Special box again. Not before you've you know, come in and bowled some 97.1 mile an hour deliveries, obviously.
2: But I, 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 I don't think that will be really my style. memory. would be, Wiggy, Wiggy, um, open up the door, got the keys to your city. Jump B. Here they come. They're going to knock off. All done.
3: Mark, how on earth? How have you been able to keep that under wraps that you can freestyle like Raps. that?
2: Wraps? Love, love that
3: Keep, uh, keeping your ability to yeah out my friends, I? how have you been able to do that? that you know that was why Coolio's career tailed off because he couldn't freestyle and there's <laughs> you wandering around being able to do that instead choosing to you know play international sport extraordinary the way things turn out uh thank you very much indeed for listening to middle please umpire uh please continue to uh write emails and letters into our um virtual or possibly real mailbag uh with sightings and stories we're all uh, always genuinely delighted to receive them and to to read them out and chortle um so thank you very much indeed bye from me miles
2: and i'm off to put my comfy step one pants on goodbye from me mark wood oh should be taken and it's taken
3: brilliant from mark wood what a spell this has been
0: Every day, William Hill has advanced odds on cricket matches. That includes flash odds ahead of the big games, plus hashtag your odds and much more. Stake limits apply. Odds may fluctuate. Visit williamhill.com 18+. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill is who you play with.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Lance you can get lucky just about anywhere.